Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. The New Testament tells us that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But what kind of salvation is it? And what is the goal of that salvation? We hope you'll stay tuned because that's what we're going to talk about on today's Life Study program. This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde, and Bob Dankers joined me. Bob, I'm glad you're here with us for this program. I really enjoy, uh, Matt, these programs in Luke. Uh, They give us such a view of the Savior, the Lord Jesus, and the salvation that he brings to us. And I do believe the Lord will show us something more in this program concerning this wonderful salvation. In this particular program, it's entitled The Reproduction of the God-Man. This is really God's goal for our salvation is to reproduce the God-Man. And that's what we're going to see in today's life study, that as the Lord became the Spirit, it's what 1 Corinthians 15.45b says, is that the last Adam became the life-giving Spirit. And the purpose of this was that we could be regenerated in our spirit, which it says in John 3, and then transformed in our soul, which it talks about in 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18. That's right, Matt. And this salvation, as you pointed out, begins with our being regenerated, and it continues with our being transformed. And the ultimate goal of God's salvation is not just to save us from sin or from God's judgment on the negative side. Ultimately, the goal of God's salvation is to make all the believers a reproduction a duplication of Jesus Christ, the first God-man, the firstborn Son of God. This is a marvelous salvation that we all need to see the real goal of our salvation. I'll bet you that's striking to a lot of the listeners' ears to say that God wants to make all of us a reproduction of Christ. This is the actual revelation of the New Testament. In Romans 8.29, it says that God's goal is that we would all be conformed to the image of his firstborn son. This shows us the goal of God's salvation that is in God's heart. I think it's wonderful that we could touch God's heart today and see the goal of his salvation. Let's go to Witness Lee for the first segment. The man Savior, after living such a wonderful and excellent life, he went to the cross and he died there, and in his resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. It was in such a condition, with such a qualification, that he became a life-giving spirit. Now, you have to realize, this spirit is just extract of the all-inclusive one. 
We all know the extract of anything always compresses all the elements, the essence, the substance of that something. Suppose you have the extract of orange. The extract of the orange compresses all elements, the essence, the nature, the substance of the orange. So this all-inclusive, life-giving spirit compresses whatever Christ was, and whatever Christ went through, and whatever Christ accomplished, and whatever Christ attained to. The spirit today is the all-inclusive spirit. So, Paul in Philippians 1.19 says, the spirit supply is bountiful. Amen. Paul didn't say the bountiful supply of the Spirit of God, but he said the bountiful supply of uh, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ was Jesus passing through all the process. He became an extract, and this extract is just the life-giving spirit. Now you can realize this life-giving spirit should be surely all-inclusive, because he is the extract of the all-inclusive one. How the God-man could be reproduced by this all-inclusive speed. Bob, this is a wonderful picture. I've never seen this before, this matter of the extract. An extract is a synonym for the word spirit. How the spirit of something is really just the extract of it. So the spirit of Jesus Christ is just Jesus Christ himself, isn't it? That's right. The spirit of Jesus Christ is the extract of Jesus Christ. And in this segment, Witness Lee pointed out to us that this Jesus Christ is an all-inclusive person. He is God with the divine attributes. He is man with the human virtues. He lived a human life, so he has all the human experiences for 33 and a half years. Then he died an all-inclusive death. Because he's an all-inclusive person, he died an all-inclusive death. And then when he rose up in his resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. This is one of the greatest truths in the entire New Testament. Mm. And this life-giving spirit, who is the spirit of Jesus Christ, surely he is the extract of the all-inclusive Christ. So this spirit himself must be all-inclusive because he is such an extract. He includes all the elements of the person of Jesus Christ and the work of of Jesus Christ. Whatever he has accomplished, whatever he has obtained and attained are all in this all-inclusive spirit as the extract. And the purpose of this all-inclusive spirit is just to make us a reproduction of this God-man, Jesus Christ, because he brings into us all the elements of this God-man, and he imparts these elements into our being. 
It's wonderful. There is so much here. I just wish we had more time, but I think we need to move on. There is one more verse I want to read, though, and it's along this same line. Uh, in the last section, we read 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five b that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And now I'd like to read Second uh, Corinthians three seventeen and 18, which says, And the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. So there you have it, the reproducing of the one God-man, that we could all be transformed into his same image, as from the Lord's Spirit. And the Lord there is actually Jesus Christ, the extract of Jesus Christ, because in 4-5, just a few verses later, Paul said, we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. Let's go on to the next section with Witness Lee. When the Lord Jesus talked to that old gentleman, Nicodemus, the Lord told him, definitely, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You were born of the human essence. Now, you need to be born of another essence. You must be born of God. But to be born of God is to be born of the Spirit. The regenerating spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Not only so, today the crucified, resurrected, even the ascended Christ is the indwelling spirit. I would propose to you, when you are going to lose it, Hamper, don't go to pray. Help me. Help me. Nothing wrong. That's okay. That's okay. But that would distract you. You would think his hell will come from the heaven. You have to wait a while, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> when you are going to lose your temper, you just, oh Lord, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. Amen. Something within you, moving, mingling, just by such a simple calling on his name. Something mysterious, something excellent, something all-inclusive. The Spirit moving in you. After being born again, we are being transformed. Transformed by the same Spirit. The Spirit, in John 3, 6, is for regeneration. The Lord, the Spirit, in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, is for transformation. To be reborn, that's once for all. But to be transformed, this is a lifelong matter. So, Paul uses the word being transformed. Being indicates a process. It is not so easy to understand the meaning of transformation. It involves the metabolism. You see, can metabolic change. It changes us not only in appearance, but in nature, in life, right. in the very intrinsic essence. The more we call on Him, the more He moves within us metabolically. So there is a kind of changing going on. The Lord's salvation is such a metabolic salvation. 
This is wonderful, Bob. I really appreciate the sequence of the Lord's salvation. You know, we saw last how the Lord became the Spirit, and now in our experience, we become born again in our spirit. John 3 says, you must be born of the Spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So in our spirit, we get born again, and then the process of God's salvation continues to where we see we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, even as from the Lord's Spirit. Can you say more about how this Spirit does so much from within us? Yes, uh, Matt. This is a tremendous revelation in the New Testament. After becoming the life-giving Spirit, that is the extract of the all-inclusive Christ, the first God-man, this Spirit enters into us at the time we are reborn. We call on the name of the Lord, we believe in the Lord Jesus, and we receive this Spirit. This Spirit is the regenerating Spirit, the Spirit who gives us a new birth and makes us children of God. After He regenerates us in our Spirit, He remains in us and becomes the indwelling Spirit, dwelling within us. Uh, It's wonderful to realize that we have this all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit, the extract of Jesus Christ, indwelling us. Now we don't have to try to be a good Christian, to try to overcome our temper or any of the negative things within us. This is not God's desire that we would be anything or do anything for ourselves. God's desire is that we would simply call on the name of the Lord Jesus to contact this wonderful, life-giving Spirit who indwells us. Then, as we call on him, he moves within us. He applies to us all the elements of what he is, and he even mingles himself with us metabolically. This is a wonderful word, metabolic. There is something within us, a metabolic element. This element is the Spirit himself, and when he moves in us, he imparts more of his element into us, and he discharges more of the negative element from within our being. He saves us in a metabolic way. I really appreciate this expression that Witness Lee brought out. He said, the salvation we have received is a metabolic salvation, a salvation that changes us in our inward nature, our intrinsic inward constitution. It gives us a new nature with a new constitution, And this new nature is just this all-inclusive spirit who brings into us all the elements of what God is, what Christ is, what Christ has accomplished for us. All these elements are wrought into our being. This gives us an inward change metabolically. And this inward change issues or results in an outward change in our appearance or in our conduct. We don't have to transform ourselves, and we cannot transform ourselves. There's nothing we can do to change ourselves, but we can call on the name of the Lord, contact this wonderful spirit in us. He will do the transforming work. He will reconstitute us metabolically with himself, and this will result in a great change in our conduct, our outward expression. Uh, This matter of the metabolic salvation is wonderful, Bob. If it's not metabolic, I wonder what is it? Because the Apostle Paul's word there in 2 Corinthians 3 is to be transformed. 
I think that word transformation means a metamorphosis. There's a change that happens. We are changed by this process of contacting the Lord. We can't change ourselves, but we can contact the one who can. What a wonderful salvation. Marvelous salvation. In fact, the lead to the next section here is a verse from Philippians 2, and I'm going to read it now, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. So then, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, much rather in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working for his good pleasure. Let's go to this last portion with Witness Lee. The entire book of Philippians is telling us the reproduction of the God-man. Philippians 1.21 To me, to live is Christ. The very Christ in verse 21 is the God-man. How do I know? From chapter 1 of Philippians, you go on to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, Paul says, Let the mind of Christ be in you. Then, the following verse says, He had the form of God, but he didn't insist to have it. Then he became a man, and he lived as a man. So, you could see, the very Christ in chapter 1 is the God-man in chapter 2. And we need to have his mind. We should let his mind be in us. What does this mean? It's just to take him as the God-man. Then, when you go on, you come to verse 12. So then, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What can salvation? For it is God who operates in you. God operating in you. Both the waiting and the working for his good pleasure. This is the salvation. This kind of subjective salvation from within needs your cooperation with God. What is your cooperation? That is your obedience. Go on to the next verse. To all things without memorying. What works to save you from memorying, from reasoning? The indwelling Christ, the indwelling God-man, and this indwelling God-man today is the all-inclusive life-giving spirit. He has the bountiful supply. It is by the bountiful supply of this spirit of Jesus Christ that you are saved inside from your memory and reasoning. This is to live Christ. For me, to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. What a wonderful testimony. The testimony of the all-inclusive, indwelling Christ. Bob, what are your final words today? Well, this uh, verse that you just quoted, Matt, and that Witness Lee quoted, is really the word of the Apostle Paul. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. This word is very deep. It really means that Paul had become a reproduction of Christ. His living was Christ's living. Christ lived in him, and he lived Christ. He and Christ were one. 
How could such a thing be worked out? This is the very salvation that Paul was talking about when he said, we have to work out this salvation. This is not salvation from judgment. This is the salvation that makes us the same as Christ, that makes us one with Christ, that makes us full of Christ so that he and we live together as one person. We become his duplication, his reproduction, living on this earth a life that is a expression of what he is. He is expressed in our living. This is the salvation that God has for all of us. And this salvation is carried out in us not by our efforts, but by our cooperation with the indwelling God-man, the all-inclusive life-giving spirit who indwells us, who operates in us day by day in all our circumstances. We cooperate with him by saying amen to his operation, by obeying Mm. this inward operating life-giving spirit within us, our spirit. When we obey him, when we go along with him, then he saves us in this kind of subjective, metabolic way so that we become a reproduction of the first God-man. This is the salvation revealed in the New Testament and the salvation that we need to work out day by day in our daily living. It's not a once-for-all salvation. We just believe and we're saved once for all. Yes, we are saved eternally when we believe in the Lord, but there's a daily salvation that we need to experience. And as a result of this daily salvation, we become a reproduction of Christ. This is a marvelous matter revealed to us here in the Gospel of Luke and now in Philippians. These two are connected here because the whole New Testament actually reveals this salvation to us. I'm so glad this word can be going out on the radio. I I don't know if you know it, but it it can be heard all over the world. It's on the internet at uh, www.lifestudy.com. People can hear this, and they do. We get emails all the time of people who are encouraged. As we're sitting here talking in the studio, I can just visualize people driving down the street who are hearing this word, who need to have this kind of salvation, who have Christ in them, but they don't know him in this way. But by hearing this word, it's going to open up a new realm for them to enter into. And the housewife in her home, washing her dishes, listening to this program, who for the first time realizes that Christ is dwelling in her to transform her, to make her a reproduction of the God-man. What a wonderful salvation. What a wonderful salvation, Matt. And uh, I, I just wish we had more time to get into it, but our time's run out, so let me give the, the phone number for anyone who'd like to contact us. Our number is 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. We, uh, we hope to hear from you. It's always encouraging to get your comments. And uh, if you've been touched by what the Lord uh, spoke to you through this word today, we hope you'll contact it and let us know that. And uh, if you'd like to purchase the written printed life studies, those are also available. Give us a call for that, uh, 888-543-3788. This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde. And on behalf of Bob Danker, we thank you very much for listening today.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.